0: So, good afternoon, River Life Church. Good afternoon. So, bear with me uh, with my preaching today because I'm a little bit harsh. I have cough a little bit. So, I'm so blessed today, again, that it's Youth Sunday today. And to be honest, in a way, I'm actually, in a way, sad because this is our last Youth Sunday for the year because Christmas is coming. But we're so blessed that as a youth, in the youth ministry, we are able to serve you today. So today our message is gonna be coming from what Josiah had read is from First Corinthians. And we're talking about union, a fellowship in one body. So uh, we read that already, so I'm just gonna keep that. So, we are one body, as Christ as the head, and the body. We cannot say that, hey, you're just like that. You're, you're a Filipino. You're not educated or something. Everybody, part of the body, has its own function. And we all know that Christ is the head. And it should be that Christ is the head of everybody, because we are His church and we are His body. And the body cannot function without its part. Neither part can function without the body. They are interrelated. They're related to each other. They cannot function without just the body, just the torso. Imagine if we just have a torso in there without the head, without the hands. It's just like a torso. It's not going to work. And imagine if you only have hands, you have legs, shoulders like that, and without a torso. It looks so weird, and it will not really function well. So we really need each other, as one body in Christ, to really help each other. And how are we do? First, we have three char- characteristics on how to do this thing. First, we have to have the unity. Unity in Christ is what we should have. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are baptized in one spirit. We have to have one goal, and we have to have one spirit which glorifies God. Second, it's said in there that we, are, we have diversity. We are diversified. We cannot be only just ears or eyes. We can not only just be all pastors, all worship leaders, all ushers. That's why we have different ministry in this church because everybody is important in this church and everybody contributes to the body of Christ. And especially, we should have mutual care. Everybody should carry the burden of each other. And if you consider not uh, carrying the burden of others, I cannot say anything about that. Because as a body of Christ, you should carry each other's burden. And that's how we're going to function in the next slides. We should have six basic functions for one another. This is just an excerpt. There's a lot of rules and there's a lot of law in one another in the Bible. But this is one of the important things that we should have as a body of Christ. First, Love one another. We should love one another equal to the love God gave us. Again, I said, we should love one another equal to the love that God gave us. Everybody should know John 3.16 by now, right? God gave His only begotten Son for us. Because that's how He loves us. He said in prayer, on 1 John, uh, John Thirteen, thirty-four to 35. A new commandment I give to you. Love one another as have loved you so much you love one another. He said in the first part in there, a new command. It's not a new suggestion. It's not a new clue, a new idea. He said it's a new command. If you think, if you're in a military service, if there's a general, your highest official, he's going to say, I command you to do this. Are you just going to say, well, okay, no. That is a command. That means you have to follow it. So that's the same thing with us. God commanded us to love one another, whether you like it or not. Well, you can say, we should love one another. You should not say no. (laughs) Another one. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. It's just another thing that makes it more uh, strong. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. We all know that we cannot see God in a physical sense. But as we see each other, love one another, we are really showing God's love to one another. We're living as we are showing love to Jesus and God. You must love one another equal to the intensity of the love that Jesus gave to us. That's why I told you a while ago. If you really love God, you should have that intensity of love that you're supposed to be sharing to one another. Also, I said. As so we know and rely on the love of God has for us, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God lives in them. Isn't that amazing? If we're showing love to one another, God lives in us. Can I get a name into that? Because that is so incredible. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude multitude of sin. Not only that as we show love to one another, that we live in God and we live in Jesus Christ. Also, one of the best thing about it is, as we do love and we love, not only think about love and feel about love, as we really do the love, it's covering a multi- multitude of sin. Think about it. If you love somebody, are you going to think about sinning on anybody? i going to say, if I love somebody, I'm just going to say, will I lie to her? Will I always deny what I feel about her or something? No, I'm going to be honest with her and I'm going to be loving to her. And that's what it's supposed to be doing. Though we have differences in our life, we should owe to love one another. And that will cover the multitude of sin that we have. Because we're not going to think about sinning to anybody anyway. Accepting one another, that's the second one, accepting one another. God accepted us the way we are. In the same way, we should accept others the way they are. We have a lot of diversity in this place right now. We have Caucasian, we have Filipinos obviously, we have other races, different ages, different races, different attitudes. And that's what we're supposed to be doing as a body of Christ. We have to accept one another despite of any diversity that we have. Because this is what God gave us. He accepted us. Before we met and we accepted Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, God looks at us like a rotten tomato, a filthy rag. But now, since we have Jesus Christ in our life, he accepted us. So who are we? Not to accept others, despite of what the diversity is. We're not perfect. Only God is perfect. So what can we say about that? Set in Romans 15, 5-7 May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other in Christ Jesus had. So that... With one mind and one voice, you may glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Amen to that. So, this is another thing that I want to emphasize to us guest and visitor. Almost related to each other. Maybe just spelling. Just kidding. So they're almost similar to each other, but they actually have different meaning. I'm actually going to direct this to the Asher team, but not the Asher team only, because we as a church has the responsibility to do this. Azure teams are just uh, doing the spearheading on this one, but we ought to do this everything. So that's why I want to emphasize this one. Accepting one another is important, and this is what we have to learn about these two distinct uh, definitions. Guests. You are prepared. You are anticipating their coming. Visitor. You are not prepared, and you might not be able to give your very best to serve them. So I like what we have in our table. We don't put visitor in there. We put guest, Because no matter whoever's come to that door, or that door, or our church, or our life group, we don't consider them as a visitor. We consider them as guests. We consider them as a family, even though we haven't met them before. We're always prepared in our heart, prepared to welcome them in our lives. And that's what we're supposed to be doing as a church. We have to anticipate that every Sunday, every life group that we have, every one-on-one that we have, we have a guest, we have to prepare our hearts on how to show how loving we are as a church. So, consider everybody as a guest, not a visitor. Third one, praying for one another. We ought to pray and intercede for one another. Jesus told us to pray for one another. Because this is the important thing that we can do. Sometimes we cannot go to somebody's house or talk to them and be physically with them but the best thing we can do is really pray for them based on all my experience throughout this week only prayer actually the ones who really work with me and I'm not going to be in this front if without with your prayer because without the carrying the burden that I have true prayers, I don't know but that's what I'm saying prayer really works and this is what we ought to do praying for one another Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests with this in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. What a great word in there. We are commanded to pray for all and all the Lord's people. Therefore, confess your sin to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person Is a powerful and effective. Amen to that. And our righteousness doesn't come with us. We're not perfect. But like I said a while ago, our perfection, our righteousness came from God when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord Savior. Through our prayers, we are considered righteous. And our righteous prayer is being heard by God. So just keep on praying for one another. Fourth, helping one another. We need to help one another even in the practical help of material possession. You know, in the Old Testament, the fellowship of the believers had this thing that they offer their offerings to one another. They collect it. And then what they do is they share these gifts, material gifts, to one another, especially with the people who are needed. Because there's a blessing on it. They are commanded to do this and they're following this. So, youth, you most of the time we think about that, oh, we're just youth. We're just still. We're just young people. What can we do? We don't have that money yet. Maybe we have allowance, but that's not enough to help material possession. But your body is also a material being too. As you offer your life to help other people, that's the best thing you can do, to help one another, because that's what we're needing to do. Jesus said, Jesus Christ laid down, this is how we should love one another. Jesus Christ has laid down his life for us, as we ought, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, in 1 John 16. If anyone has material possession and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Such a strong statement. Most of the time we withhold what we have. And that's not right. If we are able to help, why not help? That's why the reason why we have some Tyson offering too. Especially right now, the Tyson offering really helps the church to grow and help one another in what the ministry is offering us. Also, it's said in Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown on him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. See, God has Doing his account on what you're doing. He said, yes, you're doing this. And he's counting all the blessing that you're giving to people. So don't worry that, oh, this is a simple thing that I'm doing. Every simple thing, just like we said, every penny counts. So every little thing that you help, especially in material being, it helps. So don't just discourage yourself, oh, this is just a little thing that I'm doing. No, it's a big help. Also, do not forget to do good and to share to others with such sacrifices that pleases God. Also, it said in there, share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Another thing that we have to learn, though, is it's a warning. Though we help each other, well, we give monetary thing, don't be prideful. Don't boast that, oh, I helped this one. I gave more than him, more than her. I'm always here in the church. I'm always doing that. I deserve more or something. We need to remove that. We should remove that pride in our life. Just be humble in what you do. Just be silent in what you do because God sees what you're doing. Also, don't have that pride of a poor. Take all. When you need help, ask for help. That's why we're here in the church. We're here to carry the burden of each other. Don't be so prideful that ah, I can do it. Yes, you can do it with God's help. But God put people here, the churches, as one body to help one another to carry each other's burden. They're not just I'm gonna say too odd. They're not just to, just like a uh, stick in there laying around just to be a quantity of the church. No, they're here to help each other. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, help each other. Give to one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Don't have this feeling that, oh, here's the one that is always have a problem. Stay away from him. Stay away from her. Hey, here's another one. It's like, oh, Always have the problem. Well, probably just pray for her, just lay hands there. Okay, I'm just gonna stay away. Let's not do that, especially in the terms of money. You'll say, Oh, yeah, this is the borrower. Uh, uh, okay, let's run away. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. You know, we should hold hands together and help one another in the way that we can do. Because, yes, that's why we have most of the, most of the things, we have pairs. We have a pairs of hands, pairs of foot, legs, eyes. Even the nostrils, they're pairs. Because they help each other, and that's what we have to do. That's also the purpose of one-on-one. Because walking alone is a sad, sad thing. That's why we have one-on-one to walk with each other. Because two are better than one. If either of them falls down, one can help each other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Kawawa. Kawawa naman yun nandun sa in the mud pit. Pity on that guy that just stay on the mud pit and never comes up. Never ask for help. Don't be shy when you have problems. Especially when you have your one-on-one. That's the purpose of the one-on-one. And to share your burden to one another. Don't just say, oh, well, I can do it. Also with the life group. That's the purpose of the life group. To share each other's burden too. To help one another. So just share your heart to one another. Because that's the purpose of the body of Christ. Fifth one. Teach one another and teach them and admonish one another. He said in Colossians 3.16, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. And with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Such a deep message in there. You teach with a great, grateful heart. We teach not because you're just required to teach. And what can I say? I said, well, I'm just a youth. Or we can say, I'm already old. I don't know anything anymore. There's a lot of trends right now. Most of my kids are know more technology than me. What can I teach about them? Or whereas youth is like, oh, well, they're my mother. They're my father. They know more than me. Well, don't be discouraged on that. Because our teaching can be our life. Whatever you know as you're doing your devotion, that's the thing that you have to share to one another. Your experiences, your testimonies, the best teaching that you can ever share to one another. It said in Hebrews 10, 25, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So like I was said, if you're not in a life group, you're not on a one-on-one, seek that help because that's the best thing we can do. It is instructed in one of the functions that we can do for one another. And it is really important. That's why it's in there. Last point is restore one another. This is one of the hardest things to do, actually. I'm just taking a breath on this one because this is really, really harsh. Restoring one another is, is really hard most of the time because there's a lot of people who are falling away right now. We have seen this in their church. We have seen it in many churches. There's a lot of lost people. And there's a lot more lost people who haven't met Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But let's just focus on what we have here in the church. Restoring one another. We need to reach to our lost Brothers and sisters, and restore them to the fellowship. You know, there's a lot of people here who haven't been rich. They're just waiting for us, they're just waiting for our call or our text. You know, say hi, hello. Because most of the time, they're shy to go back because they just know that, oh, I did something wrong with the church, I, reached, I did something wrong with somebody. And I cannot face myself to go back to church, go back to that fellowship. And that's really harsh. You know, there's a lot of people that's feeling this. So this is the thing that we have to really think about. How we are going to restore one another? Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and they remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gifts. Yes, you're going to be here in the church. Offer your gifts. Offer your talents. But if you have something in your heart, you have some, somebody who wronged you or you have wronged and you haven't reconciled to them, your offering is just futile. You're just putting a mask in yourself. You're just doing hypocrisy in there if you cannot reconcile with one another even in just a simple apologizing. So if you really have that burden, you really have that feeling that you have to say sorry to somebody, say sorry to them. Because most of the time our pride is swallowing us up. Just to, word saying I'm sorry. It's really, really hard for us to say he will just say something wrong to your mother. he you just say something wrong to your daughter. A sorry starts it all. That reconciliation will start it all over again. Because God is going to be with you. With all of the function that I said a while ago. Loving one another. Accepting one another. Teaching one another. They'll all come back to this one. They all return to this one. You cannot do everything unless you have this restoration to one another. Which is really hard most of the time. If your brother or sister sin, go and point out to their fault just be between the two of you. And if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen to you, take one. Or utter a law so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen again, even to the church, treat them as you would be pagan or tax collector. You can only just try. Just keep on trying and trying. Because God puts you in that position because you can do it. But there's some. Sometimes they don't want to listen. You have to just have to leave it to God because those are the situations that it's beyond us. What is that in there? Do your best and let God take you up the rest most of the time. But think about it too. I'm going to give this example. When you have a toothache, what do you do? You just say, Oh, I'm just going to. Yeah, this is uh, a Filipino joke. I said, "I'm just gonna put all my, my head, just pluck it off from my body." Is that possible? Pluck your head out of the body to remove the the toothache? No, right? What do you do? You go to the dentist or do a toothache bra? Because that's what you're supposed to do.ing Deal with the pain. Going back to what I said a while ago, body. The body cannot function without its part, and the body cannot function without the body. Just like the branches cannot bear fruit without the vine. And the vine cannot do his will or his plan, which is Jesus Christ, without the branches. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore person personally, but watch yourself or also you may be tempted. Wow. That's a really strong statement in there to restore somebody but don't be caught up because you might be tempted we bet be tempted with the gossip and say ah you're right i understand why you're not going to church anymore maybe i'm not gonna go to church anymore too because you're right they're doing that and that no don't be caught up on that instead look at the positive thing that the church is doing to them and encourage them to come back to the fellowship Carry each other's burden, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So you see, if you're listening to me, what is the law of Christ? I didn't even, I didn't really emphasize it really strong, but what is the law of Christ? The law of Christ is actually loving one another. That's the best thing. That's why it's the first one. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full res- restoration to encourage one another. Be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Yeah, we, ha- we will have that feeling of peace when we have restoration with one another. And it's like, we don't have a problem, okay? Everybody's in good standing, everybody's in pure spirit. We have the peace. And that's a good feeling, right? To have the peace with one another. A healthy fellowship of the body of Christ reinforces us God wants us to do. Knowing that we are each other. We will have that peace of mind to be accountable to, we, to one another. And that's the best thing we can do. My message is a little bit short, but I hope um, this really inspires you to, to do what is the best as the body of Christ. Remember, we always have to love one another. That encompasses all the things that I said. Accept everybody. That's like he's really your family member. Because we really, just like we sang a while ago, we are the family of God. Teaching one another, teaching each other whatever you learn from your testimonies and what your life is. Helping one another and everything that you need and especially restoring to one another. So I hope you learned something from this one and let's keep on um, restoring and keeping building up this body of christ especially here in river life church amen
1: praise the lord i thank you i praise god for what god has been doing in the life of carlos and most of you know that's why he didn't see me because you know that how how carlo is being encouraged by the lord even though his he has a lot of struggle and one of his biggest struggle of course is his vision uh he, he 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 is uh he's not able to see very well but but even though in that struggle he is always a source of encouragement and he's always encouraging also to many of you and you know if if many i know if i'll be in that situation it's gonna be very difficult it's very difficult but as i praise god for his message that's a wonderful message reminder to all of us and uh, regards to fellowship so i pray that the youths uh uh, that was the message that we were, that we wanted, uh, your leaders also wanted us to talk about today. But this is also a message to all of us as a church, a fellowship with one another. Um, but but before, you know, Carla was talking about the body of Christ. But to be part of the body, your life has to be surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we don't just become part of the body um, without our without our response to Jesus. We have to respond to him and and make that decision. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to be part of you. I want to be part of your kingdom. I want to be part of your body. Surrender my life to you. So if you're not part of the body of Christ, then I encourage you to draw near to him. Surrender your life to him. Because we know from Scripture That Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And without Christ in your life, you are lost. That's what what the Bible says. You are lost, not just in this earthly life, but for all eternity. And and in fact, Carlo mentioned one of the greatest verses in Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son... That whoever believes in him will not perish, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now without Christ in your life, you will perish. That's the truth. And the word perish doesn't sound good. (laughs) No one likes to hear that word perish. Always it's always bad. But with Christ in your life, you have eternal life. It's not religion. It's not trying to be a good person. It's not trying to, you know, trying your best. It is simply trusting Jesus Christ.